0: I want you to leave this podcast with more confidence around your moolah and the belief that your biggest financial dreams are possible for you. So let's talk money. Today, I am interviewing Cinnamon Noel on the Deeper Than Money podcast. Cinnamon, sin for short, by day, handles severe injury and litigation claims for one of the largest insurance companies in the country, and by night is the co-coach in Wealth Accelerator, Deeper Than Money's signature program. Cinnamon has been a private of, private client of mine since September of 2018, and has completely transformed her finances. She became debt free after paying off over thirty eight thousand dollars of debt in eighteen months. All while still going shopping, getting her nails done, and traveling all over the country. On a personal level, Cinnamon is a dear friend of mine who cares so deeply for the people around her. It has been one of the biggest blessings in my life to watch her level up and transform her reality. Sin, also known as Bougie Aunt Sin by her DTM clients, provides so much insight on her own journey to financial freedom in this episode. You are going to absolutely love it, and when you listen, make sure to tag us both on Instagram and specifically tell her thank you so much for coming on and blessing us all with the knowledge that she is about to drop. Welcome back to the Deeper Than Money podcast. I am so beyond excited because today I have one of my dearest friends. She is on team Deeper Than Money. You, If you've ever been gone through uh, the Wealth Accelerator, you know her. You love her. Cinnamon, welcome to the podcast. Kylie. Oh my today? gosh. As I said in Cinnamon's bio, she is the coolest person ever. Um, She has completely transformed our wealth accelerator program. She is just, she brings so much love and knowledge and sass and just freaking like energy to the table that is unmatched anywhere else. So, and not to mention, that apart from her just being this incredible person, she has also gone through this tremendous financial journey of completely transforming her own life when it comes to money. So Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to dive in. So let's just jump into the juiciest question first. So Mm. how much debt did you pay off as you've gone through this financial transformation and over what time period?
1: So in 18 months, I paid off $38,001.11. $38,001.11. Hell Woo-hoo!
0: yes. Oh my gosh. And how did it feel to do that? To make that last
1: payment, it was like I, I, just euphoric. I can't even explain it any other way. It was insane. And then the sh- worst part, sorry, <laughs> the worst part, I'll self edit, the worst part was having to wait for the payment to post. Like three days it took for it to be zero and those were like excruciating. I checked like every hour on the hour until it oh showed my it a zero balance.
0: You're <laughs> just like, wait. You're like, okay, I've done the work. Can this like show up for me basically? Right. So, okay. Fast forward to 18 months prior to you becoming debt-free. Mm-hmm. Tell me about – I mean, I, <laughs> I know about <laughs> I this. But now. tell me, as if I didn't know, tell everyone listening where your mindset was at – about how possible this was? Like, were you like, Oh yeah, for sure. I'm just about to go do this. Like, where were you at when it came to jumping into this transformation?
1: I was literally so discouraged, so down on myself. Honestly, looking back on it, I like, can't even believe I was that self-deprecating when it came to the debt that I had and my financial situation. I legitimately thought this was going to take me five years to get out of. And that was with Chloe's help without, I was looking at like a 10 year track between my credit cards and my student loans to pay all this off. And so our first call, just our discovery call where we talked about kind of how much debt I had, you know, I remember you telling me like, like, girl, this is, you're like, I don't want to diminish how you feel, but like, this is not that much debt. And I was like, are you sure? Cause I felt like I was looking at a mountain of debt and a lifetime of climbing. So for me, it was just insurmountable. It was like, you could have told me that it was, I think when we started, it was at like 27,000. That just goes to show you how much interest really accrues on all your stuff, everybody, because I started at like 27,000 in debt and ended up paying, you know, Eleven thousand more than that after all the interest and everything hit, um, but that's not the point. But it just goes to show you could have told me that it was twenty seven thousand, a hundred thousand, a million dollars. It didn't matter. It was absolutely unbreakable, unbreakable.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and that is how so many people feel, right? Like mm-hmm. everyone thinks that their debt is a million dollars because it, it feels that way. It, it feels it truly, that way. It truly feels that way. So I'm so glad I'm so glad you touched on that because I think for so many people, it's so easy for them to look at your story and be like, oh, well, she can do that. Like, oh, it's easy for her. Mm-hmm. Like, she was able to do that. I, I bet she had, she believed in herself or I bet no. she had this. It's like, no, you, 18 months prior to that, you were like, what the hell? Like, this is, I'm not good. Like, this isn't, I'm not going to be able to do this, right? And, and so to see you accomplish that so much sooner than even your... Big goals is like the coolest thing ever. I mean, honestly, the like
1: cutest part is, and like I'm going to try super hard not to get choked up, but like you believed in me before I believed in me. And if it wasn't for you tugging us both along, girl, you'd have left me in the past because I was was not feeling the fantasy in the beginning. I was not a believer in the beginning. I was like, okay, you know, this doesn't feel like it's going to help anything. And you were like, "It will, I promise."
0: Oh my gosh, that just that I'm gonna, I'm gonna tear up. Can everyone just like give us a minute so we can right. just can like we love, just have love, love on a, each other? But like for real, can and everyone get off the podcast so you and I can just talk about how much we love each other? We just need a moment, I just need like <laughs> but, a minute. Okay, the, the cool thing now, though, is now you do that for other people. Like as a co-coach in the Wealth Accelerator, the women who come in, you're holding their dream, like you're holding that belief for them about what you know based on mm-hmm. your experience, based on all of the, you know, hundreds of clients that we've had come through um deeper than money, but you have, you hold their dream. You're like, no, 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 I know. I know you can't see the vision yet, but like, I know. And so the yep. fact that you experience that and now you can turn around and do that for other people, like that is literally what it's all about. So freaking cool. Okay. Um, so you know me. You know I love talking about um, just over brunch, over mimosas, our inner childhood, um, insecurity. our traumas, yeah, <laughs> our childhood traumas. Um, so talk to me about your upbringing around money. What were mm-hmm. what were things like at home? What were you know what were your what did, what conversations did you hear your parents having about money? Talk to us about that. Definitely. So,
1: at my house growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. I am one of four. So I have an older sister and two younger brothers. My parents were very young when they had us. My dad is in the military. So when we were really young, um, my sister and I, my parents moved to Colorado. They had no family. They had no support. It was just them. And, you know, I watched my parents work. My dad has always worked multiple jobs, even now that he's, you know, established and you know, as an, an officer in the military. I mean, my dad still always has, you know, his hand in, in many different pots. But, you know, growing up as a child, we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't go anywhere, you know, on vacation. We didn't do any of that stuff um, until I think I was about like eight or nine. We went to Disneyland for the first time. And that's actually because I was in a, like a cotillion debutante class. And you had to get up and do a speaking portion. And I got up there in my little green, it was a green velvet dress. I'm pretty sure my mom still has it. And I said, you know, they asked, where's your favorite place to go in the world? And all these girls got up there and said all these amazing places they had been. And I said, my favorite place to go is to my grandma's house in Texas. And my parents were, you know, now they tell me, they didn't tell me that I was saying, they told me now they're like, we were so embarrassed. That we didn't have anywhere better for you to say you had been
0: mm-hmm. than
1: your grandma's house in Texas, so they were like the next summer we like saved and we took y'all to Disneyland and then we went to Disneyland like every year after that like my family loves we've loved some motherfucking Disneyland like yeah we love Disney Disney World now you know we've elevated, but yep. leveled up we we leveled up. So, going into, like, middle school, high school, once my dad started his own company and started to, like, you know, make some real money, then everything changed. Like, that, honestly, I think, is what is pivotal in how I see money now because my dad would work 20 hours a day. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, and she would just, like, shop and, like, Mm -hmm. buy us new things. We'd always come home to new clothes, new toys, new whatever we wanted. And then in high school you know, I got a car when I turned 16. It wasn't like a brand new car, but it was a car. And a lot of my friends no. didn't have cars yet. Um, it was a red Ford Ranger. If you hey. guys are listening to this from my hometown, you know, that truck, cause you know, we rolled dirt, we rolled too many people in that truck. Honestly, it fit like two people Whatever's was like 10, it was not safe. Um, sorry, everybody, but you know, I had a credit card in high school and I had, you know, money when I wanted it. And so that is what fed into one, my credit card debt and two how I got the money mindset that I have now, which is essentially, you know, they make more money every day. Like it's always going to be there. So for me, you know, growing up, that's what I saw money as is something that you spend. Yeah. Um, and even now with my parents being empty nesters, trying to kind of figure out what it's like to just be the two of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I see my dad try to implement budgets that are not adhered to. I see money. It's just a very emotional thing. Mm-hmm. Um, between my whole family. It's not something we routinely talk about when we do it's very judgmental. So, you know, I try yeah. to change the stigma on that with, with my family through deeper than money through, you know, working with our clients to make sure that yes, money is emotional because you have a lot of feelings when you're in debt or want to get a big purchase, but that those emotions can be good ones, that they can be happy and positive emotions and they don't have to be, you know, controlling or shameful.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. So what as a very, I mean, just over the past, I mean, now like what two years mm-hmm. of working together? Obviously, you've become so in tune and aware of those, you know, those stories that you had grown like we all have money stories that we grow up with, right? And so mm-hmm. you are very aware of the patterns that you had, the patterns that you were rewriting for yourself and everything. But what's one pattern that I mean, you kind of touched on this, but what's one pattern? that you saw growing up or in your household or that you took away that then as an adult you were using and living in that, that now you have stepped out of and said, whoa, I do not want that to be my story. I choose a different route. Mm -hmm.
1: The biggest one I would say is shopping, is that, you know, what is it called? Retail therapy. That's the word. Retail okay. therapy and buyer's remorse are not welcome here anymore. Those were, they are either. not. Well, we have, those are high. We are too high vibe for those things because retail therapy and buyer's remorse is what shaped my life from mm-hmm. 18 until 25. Like those are the mindsets that kept me in a constant cycle of, Credit card debt, shame, um, regret, just a constant sense of like wanting more because I didn't feel I was doing enough in my life. I would get upset and just like go shopping and it didn't even matter what it was. I could be grocery shopping and spend $200 just because I was mad or because I was upset or felt inadequate. So. That is the main thing that I've like left behind. I still love shopping. Woo, A girl loves to shop. Talk
0: about that. Talk about that. Oh, yeah. I love You gave up retail therapy. Does that mean you don't shop? Does that mean, Cinnamon, does that mean you don't shop anymore?
1: Absolutely not, honey. It just means (laughs) it's not my therapy anymore. I still love shopping. I worked in retail for a long time. I have a lot of friends who work in retail. I no longer claim the title of shopaholic. But if there's a sale, whew, a girl can get down. But yeah, now when I want to shop, I plan for it, I prep for it. There's so much a sense of anticipation when I go shopping because I know that I've been I'm getting something that I want versus mm-hmm. I want something else in my life, but I can't have that. Oh. So I'm gonna go buy a purse instead. Oh, I and just then, got chills. Whew, And then I carry around this purse and I feel shame because I know this purse represents the fact that I didn't get the job I wanted or I didn't get, you know, the promotion I wanted. Whatever it was that I was compensating for with retail therapy, I've left that in the past. Now it's so much more a confrontation with myself when I don't feel that I'm, you know, doing my best or at my potential versus a. Bag, t shirt, whatever the hell I f- can find that made me feel better in that moment.
0: Oh my gosh. That is, I, my whole body has chills. That is crazy. I mean, that is like a mic drop. Why should we even continue at this point? Moment because so many people don't get that. They think it's all, they're like, oh, they're going to tell me, like, and so many other programs do. And that's why, like, I think, you know, I know we're the best because so many other programs are like, stop shopping. Like, that's the – and it's right. like, what? That's not good advice. And you like, can't tell me to stop shopping. No. Like, talk to me. No, absolutely not. And so to be – in and the thing is that not only does that change – your bank account, literally, obviously, hello, look at you. But it changes the emotions when it comes to how you feel about money, right? Like you get to release the guilt and the shame. And so, oh my gosh. Okay. That was amazing. So speaking of, speaking of, um, you know, in the past being that shopaholic or whatever, Mm -hmm. during your journey, did you ever have setbacks during those 18 months? And I mean, obviously your financial journey, I mean, you're just getting warmed up, right? Watch mm-hmm. us or join us. But specifically talking about those 18 months, did you ever have setbacks? And if you did, how did you overcome them and get back on track?
1: Absolutely. So I did have a setback. Um, I want to say we were probably like a year in at that point. Um, and I was coaching for the Wealth Accelerator when I had my setback. And I went through like a rough time at work, went through like a rough time with my family and went right back to my old habits, which was, you know, charge, charge, charge. And the seriously, the only thing that brought me out of that one, I felt again, so much guilt and shame. And it was like, hello, darkness, my old friend. Like it was like, yeah. "Woohoo, we're hello back darkness, together. My old <laughs> right. I was like, welcome back, baby. Um, and then, I was coaching on the Wealth Accelerator, and I felt so much imposter syndrome. I literally was like, "I cannot do this." So, I had to be accountable to myself and to them. And I told them on the call, I said, "You know, girls, like I know this is about you, but I have to come clean and let you guys know I had a setback. I spent money on my credit card. I think I charged, like, honestly, guys, like like a thousand dollars on my credit card. I don't even remember what it was. I think it was like eight hundred thousand dollars, something like that, of just BS. And I told, I had told you. And you were like, we're going to pay it off, like blah, blah, blah. Like you have the money, you know, you, you, I mean, you acknowledge that it was a setback, but that it wasn't going, you know, it's not a backslide, you know I'll Say i It's a yeah. setback, not a backslide. So you were like, we can get through this. We can work it out. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll make it work. So for me, I was like, okay, cool. Chloe knows, you know, the boss knows, But then it's just like, you know, but it just didn't feel authentic to sit there and talk to them about money, knowing that I was keeping a secret, you know, and in my head, you know, do they, did they need to know, I would say probably not, but because I show up fully authentic, fully genuine, it was not in line with who I am to not be open about my financial journey. And honestly, I think it helped me to, it helped them trust me. It Mm -hmm. helped them relate to me, but it also brought me back to my higher, you know, energy, my higher focus, which was to, to get my outcome, which was to be debt free and to not do it on anyone's terms of my own. You know what I'm saying? So I think if I hadn't come clean about it, about my come clean, I'm like, I, like I committed crime. I made a crime. I made a crime. <laughs> if I hadn't been authentic about, you know, my bump yeah. in the road, I think we'd still be there.
0: Total. And and that's the magic too of on that call. All the all the people on the call were like, that is first of all, thank you so much for sharing with me, and also it when you were able to have that conversation and forgive yourself and release that guilt and shame that flooded back. You also took the guilt and the shame that so many other people face from them too, because they're like, wait, my, you know, my mentor, you know, every, this is a normal thing. But the whole point is that this is a setback. It's, you know, it's not a backside or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not a, oh, now I can't become debt free or now I quit and now I give up. It's literally like, all right, I I did this because of let's, you know, get to the root cause of the problem. Mm -hmm. But also this is not the end game. Like this is not the end goal right here. This is just a a tiny little pause and then it's all uphill. And so it, it was such a like just beautiful teaching moment that ended up being so just special for them too at that moment and you. It was just, it was so great. Um, And I think that's so good for everyone to know about that setbacks are hundred percent normal. We don't care about your, I don't want to say we don't care about your short-term goals because yes, we want you to get quick wins and have short-term goals, but we care about what's in your bank account when you're retiring. And is that what your goals are and, and, and what you, you know, were you able to live the life you wanted and were you right. able to take your kids to Disneyland or do whatever those dreams are along the way? We don't care about, did you spend a thousand dollars at home goods in 2014? Right? Like we don't care about that.
1: <laughs> at me. No kidding, that. But yeah. Like, at it, me next it, time. At me next time. But it's also, you know, we talk, I think you and I have, obviously I learned a lot of my coaching style from you, but I think where we deviate is, you know, you got like the money unlocked, the business unlocked, everything like that, right? And I tell everyone, I care that when you log off our Zoom calls, that when you get out of the wealth accelerator, that you feel good, that you mm-hmm. feel it, that you are empowered, that you um, trust yourself, you know, that when we get done, right? I like, I do and I don't care about what you have in your bank account, right? That doesn't matter yeah. to me. I care about what you have. In that little voice in your head. I care about that voice that's telling you mm-hmm. that you can do this or that you can't do this because yeah. you know, that's the voice that's going to make or break you. That's the one that's going to be there at the end of the day when I'm not with you
0: yeah,
1: and when you're not there. So when, you know, when we talk on these wealth accelerator calls and when we, you know, whenever I talk with anyone, friends, family, anyone asks me about money, that's kind of always what I want it to focus on is that when I'm not there, you still hear my voice telling you that this is yeah. attainable.
0: Yes. Exactly. Oh, I love that. And and you do that, right? Like that everyone in a lot of most people in wealth accelerator call sin, Antson mm-hmm. um because Cinnamon's life goal is to be bougie Aunt Sin. That's my and 100% so <laughs> goal. that's my 100% her, 100% life
1: goal.
0: Everyone calls her Aunt Sin, and that is so fun. That's so we'll we'll get comments all the time of like Aunt Sin, You know, I was I was at the I was shopping, and I all of a sudden started feeling guilt, and Aunt all of a sudden Aunt Cinnamon's voice was in my head, being like is this an aligned purchase? Are you doing this because you want to, and this is going to really make, you know, make you happy and be in addition to your goals? Or is this because you're pissed at somebody and you need to go solve that problem. Right. And so having that, like your voice in the back of their head is, is everything is so, it's so amazing. Um, okay, cool. So gosh, I have like so many other things I want to ask. Okay. So open book baby. If you um hmm let's talk about let's talk about like real life scenarios. So okay. I want to hear a lot of times like the you, you know the stuff Just anyone is learning about finances. You're like, okay, cool. I'm learning this about rent or I'm learning this about this thing. But then we have those real life scenarios where a friend, where you're, okay, here's a good scenario. You're at brunch, okay? Okay. And there's like 20 people. And you come late and you only order a water because you're not feeling great. And then there's, there's 20 people and everyone's like, oh, let's split the bill by 20 evenly. And everyone ordered like six drinks and food and brunch. And you're over here being like, I just ordered water. Right. Mm-hmm. What do you do in that scenario? What, and has what you would do in that scenario changed over the years? Would you have done something different two years ago than you would do now? What would you do? And there's no, there's no right or right answer. But I just, I want to have, you know, I want to, I want to get down about that.
1: Um, so anyone who's friends with me in the real world knows that I am outspoken to say the least. So <laughs> you're, <an
0: eight. laughs> you're, you're my eight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm an eight on the Enneagram and I will tell it like it is. So in that situation, I would definitely pull the waiter aside and be like, Hey, actually, you know, I only have the water. I'm more than happy to contribute to the tip, but can you split the check 19 ways. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to call out the whole group and be like, "Um, absolutely not. I'm not contributing to this." I would do that if I'd had a couple drinks and in that case, go ahead and split the bill with me. <laughs> I'd be like, "I ain't paying." But
0: you're like, first, first and foremost, this is an unrealistic scenario." First of all, I would, I would never, never just drink water. water. Right,
1: cuz I never would just drink water. But <laughs> in that event, right? I'm all about, you know, let's split the check. Um, in the past, honestly, I have been known to just take the tap. So Mm -hmm. I have gotten myself in a little bit of trouble because I will, I think this is the ant sin in me that if Mm -hmm. I know someone's financially struggling and I know that maybe they came to brunch but they couldn't really afford it or saw that they had just had water, I'm that person that will text them and be like, hey, go ahead and order what you want. Like, I got you. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And we'll pay their tab. Or Hell yeah. if I know that it's not, it's a little bit more than what they had bargained for, you know, I will pay the tab. I'm notorious for doing that because I, I never want money to be the reason why someone can't have fun. And I hate, like, I see those memes and stuff, you know, that's like, Oh, like my, you know, we went to get food, and my homeboy didn't have money, so guess he's not eating, you know. (laughs) And I'm like, yo, like what? You know, that's just, and honestly, that goes back to my family. That's just like not how I was raised. Like my family Mm -hmm. is very much, for as like crazy as we are,
0: yeah.
1: You know, we all eat. If you know, and that goes for everything. We all eat. We don't. We don't let that stuff define who we're friends with. My parents you know have gone and bought backpacks for my brother's friends and stuff just like and i'm obviously not going to you know reveal anything but like there were times when our friends would come over to our houses and my parents would notice like maybe their clothes weren't that clean or that it was like you know an old backpack or like old shoes and stuff mm-hmm. and my mom is queen of the subtle the subtle the subtle gift give and would be like okay oh, yeah. hey, you know, next time they we, came we over... Extra. Right, a oh, we this didn't end up fitting, you know, so-and-so. You know, obviously, mom, that's never going to fit me. Girl, that was a medium. Like, but okay. You know what I'm saying? Or like, oh, we had these extra backpacks. You're like, I picked you up some shoes because I saw, you know... That yours got wet. You know, like, she'll always make up some excuse. Yeah. So that's one of the, like, good, I think, money mindsets, I would say, that, totally. that was trickle down from them. Because I will... Definitely be that person, you know, in any situation, I'm not gonna put anyone out, you know what I mean? Or like, yeah, even if we end up in a situation where they're like, "Uh, I thought this was gonna be a $20 adventure. And now it's a $40
0: adventure. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna pay the $40 for you. And we can, we can call it good. You know?
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. And that goes perfectly into the, our final question. It's a final countdown. Okay. Um, what is a big ass goal in, and it doesn't necessarily have to be financially, Mm -hmm. um, but either with money or without money that you want to achieve either, you know, someday or in the next five years, or the next 10 years, or whenever, sometime in your life, what's one big ass financial goal that you want to accomplish?
1: Hmm. I mean, big ass financial goal. I guess I would say I want to take like a really big bougie trip with my mom
0: and like probably my sister
1: too. I can't like leave her out. That's
0: like a that's like a small to medium. It's okay, like a but small I'm talking like I'm because... talking
1: about Europe. Like I'm talking like a big international. Okay, you said no. You said okay. Shake your no. head. No, nine, I'm like. Nine, first nine, first nine.
0: of all, you're gonna do that like when the world opens up in like, a, you know, <laughs> nine months. That's a <laughs> nine months goal. That's a, That's nine, a nine months month goal. goal. Fine. Um, I want to I mean, know like a big ass goal that you're like. Oh, I really don't want to say that on here because it's like so crazy. That's oh. <laughs> like I such mean, a crazy goal. I feel like I want you to be like very uncomfortable very claiming it. I mean. I want to like pay for
1: my like nephew's college. I want to buy them cars. Like I want to be, I want to be bougie. I want to be the one that, you know, you don't have to ask for it. You know, you're going to get it. Like, that's where I want to be at in my life is Mm -hmm. you didn't have to, you couldn't even ask for it because you thought it was too much, but I already gave it. You didn't even have to worry. You know what I'm saying? That's where I want to be at. And I, I just strive for that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, hmm, that's my big money goal. I guess if you I want love to put that. anything on it, that would be it. That's like my like tiny heart wish. You know, everyone has yeah. a tiny heart wish.
0: Okay, cute tiny heart wish. That is a cute phrase.
1: And never, it before. Oh, I've, I've never, never said that to that. you before. <laughs> everyone no, has never. a tiny heart wish.
0: Okay. I, and I know you guys can't see this visual, but she's just like <laughs> wiggling her little finger and it's so cute. I'm just picturing it. Um, no, that's amazing. And I think that just goes on to, and I honestly feel like that doesn't even like, a, what's the word encapsulate. Is that the right word? You're, sure. you're my like word person. You use like such good words is encapsulate the right word there. It could be. It depends on what you say after it. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong then. that I feel like that goal is, first of all, so freaking cool, so powerful, and yet it still doesn't even encapsulate how powerful and strong you are. Like – You're such a force of nature, which is why it's so cool because like we talked about this earlier, you're outspoken, you stand up for what you believe in. And so when you become a multimillionaire, which you are going to do more money in your hands is literally going to be world shaking. Like that Mm -hmm. is the whole thing that I want to point out is that yes, of course you're going to do that. But it's like along the way you're going to do so many other things where you're just such a naturally giving person to where... That, and I think this just goes to show it is like you don't even have to plan for it. It's just part of who you are that you're just going to show up and do that stuff. You're going to give, you're going to support, and you're going to show up for people and for things that you believe in. And so, like, that is so cool because I think so many women struggle with, I don't want to be greedy and, and have big money goals. And it's like, no, show me it's the your money, duty. Baby. Show me the money because when you have more money, Talk directly to you, Cinnamon. When you have more money, you go and do freaking awesome stuff with it. Listen, you know. It's honestly I think it's just
1: it's something that's really lost on people, which is that mentality, like I said, that my parents taught us is like we all eat. If I eat, we all eat. There's no there's no me, there's no I, it's all of us, you know. I paid off all my debt and the first thing I did was turn around and be like, mom and dad, you can do it too. My sister, yeah. you can do it too. You know, yeah. my brothers don't even start like here. We, we're we doing this together. We're all going to make yeah. it out. And you know, it, it's insane. My friends ask me, you know, for money tips and stuff like that. And I tell them, look, I'm more than happy to talk about this with you. I'm not going to bring it up because, yeah. you know, it's not, I feel like it's not my place to comment on anyone's money situation unless Exactly. you know they're paying us to do it.
0: You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> well,
1: if you show up for the wealth accelerator you're going to get some comments. You're going to get some comments. you get some comments, but if you just, you know, if we're just talking money, I'm not going to coach you out unless you're like, yep. "Hey, I'm really struggling with this. You know, can you tell me what you did?" Then we can have yeah. an open conversation, but I think there's so much that's lost on people of of doing it for more than just yourself.
0: Exactly. Totally. And and you're that is the cool thing, right? Like that's why we're here is I like you you became debt free and you immediately were turned around and now you're doing that for other people. And now you're showing other people how to do it. And that's the cool thing is that all those people are we have so many wealth accelerator alums who will share pictures and they're like, My boyfriend also just became debt-free or my mm-hmm. sister just became debt-free or my, and it's like the trickle effect of you showing up for yourself. And and not, that's not even a greedy thing, but just showing up for yourself and then how that impacts other people who then go and impact other people who then go and impact other people. Like it just is literally earth shaking. It's so freaking cool. So Mm -hmm. anyway, anyway, um, I could go off on how absolutely incredible you are forever, but this, I mean, this interview has already shown that, um, if you're obsessed with cinnamon and you want to go and find out more about her, First of all, best place to do it is Wild Like Accelerator because hello, you get um, that's where you're going to get her all 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 kinds of cinnamon. Um, but also in the show notes, you are going to find where you can find her on Instagram, where you can go hang out with her, follow along on her journey. She share she shares. Some incredible stuff. So, thank you so much, Cinnamon, for gracing us with your presence. You are absolutely amazing. We are so, I'm so proud to call you a friend. I'm so proud to have you on Team Deeper Than Money. And I'm so thankful that you came and did this interview with us. Thank you
1: for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yay. We'll see you back on next week of the Deeper Than Money podcast.